What got you there with got you got you What got you there with Shonda Laney got you there with Shonda Laney What got you there with Shonda Laney got you there with Shonda Laney What got you there with Shonda Laney Do you have trouble remembering the name of a person you just met at a party? Then this is the episode for you. Nelson Dellis is a four times USA memory champion and one of the leading memory experts in the world. He travels the globe as a competitive memory athlete, memory consultant, and a highly sought after keynote speaker. As a memory champion, mountaineer, and Alzheimer's disease activist, he preaches a lifestyle that combines fitness, both mental and physical, with proper diet and social involvement. Born with an average memory, Nelson was inspired by the passing of his grandmother from Alzheimer's disease in 2009 to start training his memory so that he could keep his mind strong and healthy throughout his lifespan. In a short period of time, he transformed into one of the leading competitive memorizers in the world, claiming four U.S. titles along the way, the elite grandmaster of memory title, as well as a number of U.S. memory records. Nelson, the memory champ himself. Thanks for joining us on What Got You There. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So you are a fascinating man. Before we jump into that, I want to know, how do you start your day? Uh, good question. Um, I wake up at about 6.30, well, actually 6, and then I go to the gym at 6.30 for about an hour and a half and just work my uh, my body to a pulp. <laughs> and then, um, what's I that workout back. routine? Like, that seems like a long time. You must really be getting after it, huh? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big CrossFitter. Um, so I go to my CrossFit gym and kind of do my own programming. Um, you know, I, there's typically one hardcore, uh, workout in there and then I do a lot of strength and skill work kind of around that. Okay, great. And then after the gym, what are you up to next? Yeah. And then the rest of the day is, is kind of devoted to a mixture of, my work stuff, uh, upkeep that has to do with the memory, um, things that I do. And then also my memory training. So I do a lot of, um, mental workouts throughout the day, uh, to keep my memory in shape. Okay. Awesome. I definitely want to dive into the, the mental training and the memory techniques at a later point in this call. But for the people who do not know, how do you describe yourself to someone if you're just meeting them at a party? Uh, that's a good question. Um, Usually it depends how much time they have, <laughs> uh, but uh, the the short answer when I'm I'm not uh, I don't want to get into it is I'm just a consultant, but that's super boring. Um, when I'm explaining really what I do, it's um, I'm a memory expert, um, and I teach other people how to improve their memories. Gotcha. Okay, I didn't know what you were going to respond there because I know you're involved in so many different things. So I was curious about that. How did you first get involved with memory? Yeah, I, um, you know, memory, I, I had an average memory, nothing to write, nothing that I would write home about. And um, I only started getting interested in memory in general um, when my grandmother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And then when she passed away, this was in 2009, um, that's kind of when everything went multiplied by a thousand. I was devoted to uh, figuring out why that happened to my grandmother and what I could do now for myself so that the same thing wouldn't happen to me. Um, could I improve my memory? Could I teach others about um, <clears throat> what it means to have Alzheimer's and how it affects the whole family and people around you? Things like that. So it really started with my grandmother. When when she did pass and that first started and you wanted to ingrain yourself in this, what did that look like? Were you just reading books? Did you have a mentor? How did you go about that? 
Yeah, I mean, this was back in 2009, so um, memory sports is, and memory techniques aren't that well known still, but even back then it was um, hard to really find some solid resources. So I did find an audiobook by a former world, uh, multiple world memory champion. Uh, his name is Dominic O'Brien. And I just started with that. I listened to the audiobook. It was like three CDs, you know, back when you could actually listen to CDs. <laughs> and, um, and then the rest, you know, there was a few things online I could find, but other than that, I really had to just, um, take what I learned from that audiobook and, and do through trial and error, figure out what worked for me. So when I first came across you, I thought you must be some type of phenom, but you claim you just had an average memory to start. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's, that's not something I, I, I exaggerate. Um, you know, I, I, I consider myself an intelligent person. I mean, I, I studied physics. That was my major. I was, uh, also a math major and I was going for my PhD in physics. So, you know, I'm not, um, someone who doesn't know how to grasp a concept or, you know, problem solve. I think I'm very good at that. Um, but memory, you know, it creeps up everywhere. I, I was using it in, in my, um, my studies, but I wouldn't have said that it was anything particularly good, not even with numbers, which, you know, were all in my work. Right. Um, but I think what I I'd say that I maybe have more than the other average person is that desire to uh, exceed at specifically memory. Everyone who's interested in improving their memory might not take it to the level that I did um, just because they may have other interests or they're not keen on training and memorizing lots of things every day. Um, it just happened to be the right special sauce at that right moment, you know, mixed, I guess, with the inspiration from my grandmother that just made it um, kind of click for me. You mentioned most people probably wouldn't be willing to take to the level that you did. What were you like as a child? Were, were you really into certain things and would dive headfirst into them and fully ingrain yourself? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I always would find something that I would just dive into and, and nothing else mattered. Um, I remember my mom loves to tell this story, especially now with the memory stuff kind of under my belt is when I was three years old, you know, my sister was going to school and she was learning how to read. She's two years older than me. And I would not stop asking my mom to put me in school so I could start learning to read. And um, so eventually they put me in, uh, you know, I was like three and a half. And um, I wouldn't stop bugging my teacher to teach me how to read. That's all I wanted. And, you know, before too long, I was, I was reading, you know, a little kid's book, but I was reading at three and a half. Um, and so my mom always says that, like, when I have something in my head, it just doesn't doesn't leave until I've done what I wanted with it. Are you a speed reader? Um, it's funny you should say that. Um, I, I'm. I don't. I wouldn't say I am. I. I think I read pretty fast, but not to the level that you hear about would be speed readers. But funny story. Um, last year there was this competition. It's called Memoriad. Um, it's kind of a combination of speed reading, um, mental math, and memory. It's a competition and there's different events like memorizing cards and uh, multiplying massive numbers and then speed reading. And so as a, just for fun, I, I threw myself into the speed reading competition and I ended up with a bronze medal. So <laughs> I, I guess you are pretty good at speed reading then, huh? I guess. Yeah. But I mean, you should have seen some of the people there. They, they were going at like unheard of um, words per minute. I mean, one kid was trying 2000 words per minute, which I don't even know if that was 2000 possible. words per minute. Yeah. And, um, 
the way the way it's scored um, is you you read some really dense um, uh, publication, right? That's whatever it was like twenty pages, and then you get a bunch of questions after to test your comprehension, and you have to get above sixty five percent comprehension, um, no matter what speed you go at. So um, if you get like sixty percent comprehension, you get a zero for your score. So there were a lot of those fast speed readers who got like 60% or 55%, which um, kind of disqualified them. So um, I happened to get kind of a decently, not, nothing close to 2000, but just fast enough with that right amount of comprehension to get third place. I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I mean, yeah. I I've seen a bunch of your work. I'm very familiar with the uh, techniques you've used and different titles you've held. Any chance we could do something for the listeners, though, so they can get a preview of just how good your memory is? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Um, let's do this. Um, it's it's maybe easier on the radio just because you can say the numbers, but um, if you wouldn't mind coming up with like a 30-digit number and then I'll have you say it to me one digit at a time um, at a decent pace and um, I'll try to remember it forwards and backwards perfect yeah are you ready well so you have it already uh yeah if you need time just let me know okay well let me just uh tell you so when you say it to me say it like one digit per second so kind of like three five six like at that pace is that cool yeah no that works all right so let me just um let me just think for a second put myself all right go ahead seven Four, five, eight, nine, one, one, two, five, eight, six, four, three, two, seven, eight, nine, nine, three, four, seven, six, two, nine. One, six, five, four, two, nine. Okay, let me just consolidate it in my head. Hold on. Okay. All right. So it's seven, four, five, eight, nine, one, one, two, five, eight. Six four three two seven eight nine nine three four um seven six two nine one six five four two nine. <laughs> Spot on there. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> that <laughs> is then, awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then let me do that in reverse. So um nine two um four five six one nine two six seven four three nine nine Eight seven two three four six eight five two one one nine eight five four seven. I nailed it backwards. That is yeah. so cool. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, so you said you needed a minute to consolidate and get your mind ready, and then you could clearly hear yourself, or just you could picture yourself thinking that through. So can you take the listeners what you're actually doing while I'm reading you the numbers, and then afterwards? Yeah, so um, I'm I'm using a system that's called uh, the Memory Palace, um, and what it is is basically I take the numbers and turn it into something that is meaningful as a picture. I'll go into that in a second. 
And then when I have the picture, what I do is I store it in a memory palace. So I think of a place that I know and I mentally walk through it. So in this particular example, I was walking through um, a hotel that I stayed in in Kathmandu when I was um, about to climb Mount Everest a few years ago. Which we will need and, to get into. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd love to talk about that more. And so there I am at the front of the hotel um, and you tell me the first few numbers and I convert that to a picture and I imagine that picture thing interacting with the front of the hotel. There it is right there. And then I walk into the lobby and there's the next image and there's a sofa there that I can picture. It's the next numbers go there and I kind of make my way through as if I were walking through it. And then when I recall it, all I have to do is just mentally navigate through the same space and the pictures um, will be there. And now how do I turn the numbers into pictures? Well, um, I have a system that um, I worked on uh, where every two digits is a person and an action. So I make these little scenes of a person doing some silly action and that's the thing that I place at each location on that that route. So, um, for example, the first two digits um, is seven four. That's um, in my number system. We don't have to go into the details, but it translates to Gerard Depardieu, the French actor, uh, which is kind of random. But I picture him as the one of the Musketeers. That's the movie I remember him from. And then the next numbers were five eight, and that action is climbing a mountain. So it's Gerard Depardieu as a musketeer climbing a mountain and he's, or he's just climbing. Um, and that's happening at the front of the hotel. So I kind of picture him. He's kind of a heavy set guy, big nose, um, with a big musketeer hat climbing up the face of the, the hotel, the front of it. And then I walk into the, the lobby at the front desk. There are the next two, uh, images, the next four digits which is 9-1, that's a spaceman. And then 1-2 uh, is the action of solving a Rubik's Cube. So he's there at the front desk in his spacesuit, and he's holding a Rubik's Cube, trying to solve it as fast as he can. Um, and then we, you know, it continues uh, up the stairs and around to different rooms that I've, I, I remember, and there's different pictures in each one. How many numbers then do you have stored in your memory? or I guess pictures for two-digit numbers? Yeah, so when I do the spoken one, like you did, uh, because it's quicker, uh, like the pace of it is faster, um, I use my two-digit system. So for that, I actually have um, 100, um, there's, you know, from 00 to 99, I have an image for it. I have a person and an action. So that's, I guess, technically 200 different things. But when I'm memorizing on paper and I have a little more time, I actually use a, a, a more complex system. It's a thousand images, um, a thousand people uh, with a thousand actions. And uh, it's a lot more complex, but th the reason I do that is I can s squeeze more numbers together um, per image. And it, it allows you to get more digits in uh, the, a certain amount of time. So if I said 419, what would that person and that action be? So uh, 419 is um, a friend of mine's father-in-law. Um, you can imagine with a thousand people, if you think of them, there's going to be some kind of obscure one. So um, 419 is this guy, Pedro uh, Villa, that's his full name. And his action, 
he gave me a pen once when I graduated uh, as a gift. And so his action is always signing something with a fancy pen. That is so cool. So how long did it take you to memorize all these? Uh, The two-digit system was pretty quick. I mean, 100 things is very doable uh, in a week, you know, if you you study it and just commit it to memory. Uh, The thousand images, uh, that took a few months. Um, Just because, you know, it's not so much just learning it, it's being able to access it quickly, as if without a second glance, you know? Um, I need to see these numbers and immediately know, feel the image that it is. You know, I, I don't need to, I, I can't spend time translating. Um, otherwise, in competition, that's that's kind of uh, useless. So when you were uh, reciting those numbers backwards, are you literally just walking backwards through your memory palace? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. So I'm going from, you know, just reversing my route. And of course, I have to flip the numbers just uh, because I, I know them you know, reading from left to right. So I just say them backwards. Was there a certain number that really was difficult for you to grasp? Like, do you have one that you struggle with every single time it comes up? Um, no, not anymore. I mean, there are some gaps that I'll, I'll face sometimes, but it's not because the number is one of my weaker ones. It's probably because I maybe lost focus for a second or, you know, I couldn't come up with a memorable enough little image. Um, but yeah, when I when I I told you I needed a minute to consolidate, um, what happens is because you tell me those numbers so quickly, um, you know I think I know them right, but I won't know that I know them for sure until I mentally confirm it. So what I did there is I just mentally walked through it real quick just to make sure I remembered the pictures, and once I do that, it's like then I I one thousand percent have it. So it's just kind of like an extra level of review. Um, and if I can say it all in my head, then I won't forget it for a long time. So you mentioned training earlier and kind of how you go through your day. If you're training for a memory event, what's your training looking like, say a week out, how do you structure your day? What things are you actually specifically focusing on? Right. So it depends on what's upcoming. Um, if there's a specific kind of competition I'm aiming for, and in the case of now, um, I have a it's the world championships in December. So I know what disciplines will be there. Cause some of the competitions have different events, um, and different kind of, uh, slightly different rules and formats and how they present the information that you memorize. So if whatever I'm training for, I got to make sure that I'm, you know, doing it with that in mind. So when I memorize numbers, it's in the format of that competition, but, um, what I'll do is just, I pretty much do numbers and cards every single day. Um, and then the other events are um, kind of sprinkled in here and there. I work on the stuff that maybe is a little uh, more of my weak, um, my weaknesses. And then depending on the results, I mean, sometimes I'll work on a weakness and in a week or two, I'm, I'm doing really well or better than I've ever done before. And so I may back off that and work on something else, you know? So when you say you're doing numbers and cards, what is the actual training like look like for that? Yeah, so um, I'll try to do sets of what it actually is like in the competition. So um, one of the events, for example, is speed numbers, where they give you um, a page filled with numbers, and um, you get five minutes to memorize as many of them as you can. So I'll do sets of five minutes, 
how many digits can I memorize? And then I memorize it for five minutes and then I have a blank sheet of paper and I have to uh, fill it in with all the digits and then I score myself, something like that. And then with the cards, it's just memorizing a deck of cards as fast as possible. Um, there are also some longer events like uh, marathon events. So one is how many decks of cards can you memorize in an hour? Um, and that's similar, obviously, you're still memorizing cards, but the strategy is slightly different just because you have to uh, prepare for volume rather than speed. Um, and so there's a bit of a different strategy there and, and preparation is different. So I'll kind of do, um, on certain days, I'll do the speed stuff. On other days, I'll do the longer events, you know? After one of your training sessions, are you just exhausted? I'm just picturing this mentally. I feel like I would be so drained from this. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> On my, my real full training days, yes, uh, I'm, I'm mentally tired, um, but I, I still enjoy it. I mean, I, I, I'm sure there's some listeners out there who are like, this sounds so boring. Why would you memorize thousands of digits every day? I can't imagine doing that. But when you think of it in the way that I was explaining the numbers, I mean, what I'm really doing is going to these places in my head that you know are meaningful to me and are great memories. And I love like being in those memories. And then I'm creating these bizarre, fun-to-watch scenes that unfold in those spaces. And it's, you know, you kind of get to make your own, like, movie. And it's fun to watch. No, I'm, I'm utterly fascinated by this. I just feel like, I mean, that mental capacity to, to be focused in on these techniques for so long, that would that's what I was saying would be taxing. So it's unbelievable that you're able yeah. to do that from a consistent basis. What do you like the day after a big competition? Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty spent. Uh, add to the fact that these competitions are usually in Asia, and uh, my jet lag is like horrendous. I'm just totally wiped out. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just don't want to think about anything. <laughs> I could imagine. I mean, when we, when we talk about American sports and I guess sports as a whole, they always talk about steroids, doping, things like that. Does this go on in the memory competitions as well? Um, with nootropics or anything? Yeah, right. Um, not in the same way, right? There's like testing for PEs and stuff like that and physical sports. But um, I'm sure as prize funds get bigger and the competition gets harder and harder to beat and the popularity grows, I'm sure there'll be people who do or take things that would give them an edge in that way. But I don't know if there's anything out there that um, in the same way that a performance-enhancing drug for physical sport makes a huge difference. I don't know if there's really anything out there that would really make that difference. Um, you know, I've tried, um, what do you call it? Adderall, uh, and trying to do my training and it made it worse, uh, just because I don't know, I couldn't, I couldn't really, I could focus. Sure. But I, for some reason I couldn't really creatively come up with those sticky images that helped me remember. Um, it was bizarre. I thought that I'd maybe gained a little bit, but no, um, and sure, there's, um, you know, you can eat healthier and, and try to feed yourself some food that's good for the brain. But um, I don't know if there's any like performance enhancing, like smart drug. Uh, they they advertise smart drugs here and there, but they don't. I don't think they really work. Do you meditate at all? I don't. Um, there are a few memory competitors who do, um, and they swear by it in terms of getting prepared and focused and stuff like that. But in my head, I think that my, my training, when I go into these, um, 
you know, mind spaces to, to for an hour as I'm memorizing all these numbers and cards and names and whatever. Um, to me, that's the kind of meditation, you know, I'm, I'm trying to quiet this inner voice and just focus on the task at hand. And, and the more I can focus on it and not get distracted by what's coming in outside of me, uh, the better I'll do, right. The faster I can go and the more I can hold. So in a way that's my meditation. As someone who's always looking for ways to improve my mental and physical performance, I started using Four Sigmatic about a year ago, and I love their products. At Four Sigmatic, they believe in the real magic of functional mushrooms like reishi, chaga, cordyceps, and lion's mane, as well as other superfoods and adaptogens to help us live healthier, more enhanced lives. Everyone's talking about Four Sigmatic, including Time Magazine, Vogue, Forbes, even the New York Times. My favorite product is their convenient new brain stick pack. Perfect before a workout or a study session, their dual mushroom blend supports memory attention and brain health. I also have been using their cordyceps before workouts and love the results. I've experienced the benefits of these delicious packets, but now it's time for you to as well. To receive 15% off your order, use discount code WGYT at checkout at foursigmatic.com or by heading to foursigmatic.com forward slash WGYT. Today, what got you there is being fueled by Soniva Super Coffee. Soniva provides an organic bottled coffee blended with lactose-free protein and MCTs from coconut oil for all-day energy. Grab a bottle at your local Whole Foods market or use discount code WGYT at drinksupercoffee.com for 20% off your order. Distilled utilizes the same fabrics, factories, and wash houses as the best-known brands and designers while skipping the markups and middlemen. The result? Top-quality denim without the retail runaround. Just go to dstld.com and see where minimalist design meets maximum comfort. They have a 100% fit guarantee, offering free shipping and returns until you find the perfect pair. Inspired by the creative class, Distilled is the perfect brand for those who have other things to think about besides getting dressed. You'll look good no matter what with Distilled. Distilled has been featured in Forbes, Time, and TechCrunch, as well as on denim-clad celebrities in GQ and Men's Health. You can find the brand's amazing selection of outwear, leather jackets, t-shirts, and more using the same principles of high-grade materials at low-end cost. Distilled is your answer to elevated style without elevated prices. Just go to dstld.com right now and use the promo code JOURNEY10 in all caps at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. What are your goals like today? Do you have a specific competition you really want to win or a certain, I don't know, memorization technique you really want to get down right now? Yes, actually, there's, um, I mean, I'd love to win the world championships. I don't know. Um, if it's in my, uh, capacity right now, uh, just cause I have so many things going on, the training I would have to do would be another level. Um, but I do want to be in the top 10, uh, this year. I think that's a reasonable goal. And then, um, one of the dreams I've had for a while is to get my speed cards time. Basically how fast can I memorize a deck of cards, um, close to or under 20 seconds. What's the record right now? Is it 21 seconds? It was 21 seconds, but it's been beaten. I think it's 18 now. <laughs> Jeez. It's, I, I know. I, yeah, I mean, I'm preparing for this. I was looking at all of your records and everything. I mean, just unbelievable what you're capable of. What did, You did 907 digits in 30 minutes, right? 
That's right. Yep. <laughs> I actually tried to go for a thousand one hundred, um, but um, the way it's scored, if you make a mistake on a line, they take off the whole line. So even if it's just one digit, um, you can lose forty. A row is forty digits, so you can lose forty points real quick. So oh. even though I went for about eleven 1, hundred, I ended up with the final score of nine oh seven. So speaking to the mere mortals now, say we're going into a networking event, something like that. Let's just hit on some basics. How do we do a better job memorizing people's names or just remembering? Yeah, um, names is a great uh, question to ask about because that's something everybody um, has to deal with. And the first thing I tell people is you got to get in the, the, the mindset of wanting to remember people's names and believing that you can remember people's names. So I, I find it way too often that people are just, they've just kind of given up and they're like, eh, I'm hopeless with names. That's how it is. And then of course, yeah, if you, if you think that, then of course you're going to be bad with names. Um, the first thing you got to do is, is try and really make the effort and pay attention. Um, I, I tell people if they just forget the other parts of the technique, I'm going to tell you, if you just go to your party or a meeting or whatever, and you tell yourself, okay, I'm going to walk away from this with five new names uh, or 10 people's names or everyone at the party, whatever. And that's your kind of mantra throughout the night. You make it a game for yourself. If you do that, I guarantee you that you'll come back with more names than you ever thought you could remember just because you made the effort. Um, so that's the first thing. And, and you could take that same principle and apply it to when you're, you know, one-on-one -on -one with someone just about to shake their hand and exchange names. If you mentally tell yourself that you want to know this person's name and you, you, you know, you're saying to yourself, uh, quietly in your head, what is this person's name? I need to know this person's name. Um, you'll be primed to receive his name. First of all, you'll be paying attention and it'll mean so much more to you as well, rather than something that's thrown at you or, you're kind of thinking about something else or whatever else you're going to say. And the name is not that important, right? Um, once you have that kind of part down, that's, that's an easy part. Um, the next thing I do is as I'm shaking the person's hand, I try to notice some physical feature um, about the person that pops out at me. Um, it could be a large nose, uh, you know, the color of the hair, whatever. Um, whatever you notice. And that's going to be similar to what I did with the memory palace where I chose specific locations um, around a place. And instead of there being a whole palace, it's just the person. And the person's feature is that place. So once I have that mentally noted, um, we, sh we shake hands, we exchange names. Um, I take the name and I try to come up with a picture for it. And that can be tricky, obviously, because names can be anything. Um, sometimes, you know, they're very common names like Bob or Jackie or whatever. Um, but then also you can get very strange foreign names like, uh, Guillaume, the French name, or, um, you know, I, I met a Chinese person today whose name was, uh, Chi Huan, right? I had to ask for that a few times cause I, I don't know what that is, you know? Um, but so some names are easy to come up with a picture, you know, maybe I have a, uncle named Bob and I can just picture Bob, uncle Bob. Right. Um, but other ones, you know, you may have to break into smaller, um, sounds and see what those sounds remember, uh, remind you of. So like Guillaume, um, I mean, that means something to me because I, I grew up with a French father and I know that Guillaume is like William in French, but 
let's say you've never heard that word before. And to your ears, that sounds like gi and om, right? Which kind of sounds like gi, like the butter, right? The, the clarified butter. And um, om, it's kind of like, you know, what you say when you're meditating, om, right? Um, so I would picture literally, um, you know, gi, the butter, uh, maybe being spread all over a, a yogi. And uh, he's just there in meditational bliss saying, mm. Om. Right? Sounds sexy. <laughs> yeah, right. And so so then once I have the picture, right, I have the feature, I try to I blend them together. I imagine some relation, uh, whether it's as simple as just smashing them together in my mind or giving it a reason why one would be related to the other. So let's say I made a guy, I met a guy uh, who has a large nose. And you know his name is Guillaume. So I'm going to picture this uh, this yogi on the guy's nose, um, and that's where that that whole scene is happening, where the butter's being spread all over him on this guy's nose, and he's saying "Om." So the idea is that when I run into Guillaume in the future, I'm not trying to remember what his name is. I'm actually just looking for the thing that I noticed, his feature, which is his nose, um, which he brings with him everywhere he goes. Right. And then the picture will come because it was such an outlandish, bizarre picture. You'll never be able to look at his nose without thinking about that, that guy in a uh, cross-legged position pose um, in meditational bliss. And there's, there's the guy covered in ghee uh, saying, Om, Guillaume. What goes through your head if you're at a party and someone forgets your name? Are you, are you just shaking your head in disbelief? No, no. You know what? I, it's it's a it's a great opportunity for me to just jump in and be like, "Hey, you know what I do? I can uh, I can help you." Whether it's you know a quick little tip, or you know you hire me to help you and your your entire business, you know. Do you think some of these memory techniques are something everyone should learn? Should should everyone have a memory palace and equate different names and actions to numbers? I I, I do. Um, I mean, I understand that maybe someone doesn't have the time now to sit down and come up with a hundred numbers, uh, pictures. But, um, I'm a big believer that these kind of techniques should be instilled in us at a very young age so that by the time we're in school and and grad school and and the workplace, it's instinctive, right? This is the way we think and it's just natural. And these, these systems that we have for all the types of information that, uh, we encounter every day, um, are just so deeply ingrained in our minds that it's not even a second thought. So I do think everybody should learn it. Um, you don't have to be young to learn it. Um, I, I'm proof of that. I learned it when I was 26, 27. And um, I see people at competitions who are all ages, you know, young kids who are 12, uh, even younger um, to 60-year-olds um, who are retired, you know? How quickly do you think someone who's never done this before could start these memory techniques and then be at a national competition? Um, it's fairly quick. Um, you know, if, if I walked through, um, you know, an example of like a 10 word list, you know, and you're in a generic memory palace, everyone could do it. Um, that's the beauty of it is it's, it's a skill that we all can do. It's just, you just have to understand that you should try it this way. It's, it's like, we all know we can memorize stuff. Um, but it's just thinking about how to memorize in, in the most efficient way. Once you realize that and you believe that it works, um, it's really up to how much you want to practice. Um, so, you know, it took me uh, six months, I'd say, to be like at a competition level. 
Um, I think maybe that that level that I had to get to is a little more competitive nowadays. But that's not to say that you could that it'll take you longer. Um, I've seen people practice for you know six weeks and be better than I ever was. So um, I think it just depends on how quickly you want to eat this stuff up and, and how much you're willing to effort you're willing to put in. It's like any skill, right? Uh, if you want to be good at it, you got to practice at it. But I will say that for those who just generally want to have a better memory and not be like me where you want to compete, um, there's still very little you could do for massive improvements. Is there a phenom in the sport? Someone that when you watch are just absolutely blown away and have no idea how they do that? Yeah. I mean, we all know how it's done, but th this one kid, um, who came along a few years ago, um, he just, he doesn't train that much and he's just, uh, um, advanced the, the, the records by leaps and bounds. His name's Alex Mullen. Um, he's the current U S champion. Um, but, and the world champion. Um, but he just came along uh, a few years ago when I was winning the U S championships He's never beat me at the U.S. Championships, but um, I didn't compete last year. Um, but the World Championships, he's just mopped the floor with everyone, and uh, you know he's he's just a really smart guy. I think very um, strict and and in his ways, and and I think his mind is very very organized. So I think that helps, and he's just kind of pushed the boundaries of what people thought was possible with all the records to another level, and that that's great because. When he opens the door to those kind of scores, suddenly other people are like peeking their heads in. You know, for the longest time, um, nobody was able to break 20 seconds uh, in cards, in speed cards. Like you said, it was 21 seconds. And then this one guy who was kind of at the top kept chipping away at it by milliseconds, you know, and then suddenly it was like a 20 second and it was cool. But nobody had ever broken 20 seconds. And then he comes along and he's just getting between 15 and 20 seconds. And then you know, everyone's in awe and there's a couple other people who are slowly starting to get sub 20 seconds now. It's pretty cool. With everything that's happening with technology, what do you think is going to happen to the human memory? Are, are we slowly losing it? Or are we just remembering different things? Um, I, I think we're losing it, honestly, because um, we don't we don't use it um, and we don't need to um, because it's it's in our hands. It's in our pockets. It's in our computers. Right. Um there's so many devices out there that will do it for us. And that's great, right? I mean, that, that makes us more efficient in other ways. But I think, um, you know, memory is just one of those things that's so human. And uh, if we lose that ability, I think we're losing a bit of who we are as a species, right? Um, so I'm always encouraging people to actually make the effort to memorize rather than always deferring to their device to store you know, a new contact or, um, you know, make that, uh, grocery, grocery list using an, uh, a list app, um, try to memorize it. I mean, that's what our minds are for. And, um, it's the smartest computer you actually have and it's in your head, you know? Yeah. I, I've shifted the past couple of years. It was almost feeling guilty, just storing everything on my phone. And so now I've been trying to, whether go to the grocery store and try to memorize everything, doing little things like that, just to keep my brain fresh. Uh, you alluded to it earlier, your attempt to summon Everest. You are someone who is so fascinating, not just with memory. You want to talk about some of the other things you're involved in? Yeah, I would love to. Um, so yeah, I, along the, the journey of improving my memory, I decided to create a charity, um, called climb for memory. And the goal was, let me 
try to raise awareness for Alzheimer's um, and educate people the best I can about what I've learned. I mean, uh, as we talked about before, not many people know about this stuff and brain health is a huge uh, concern of mine. So I wanted to share that with people and I thought, why not climb mountains, which I love to do, um, to get people to pay attention. And so I had started climbing about the same time that I started memorizing and you know, I slowly wanted to get to bigger and bigger mountains eventually leading up to Everest. And then um, I tried to make one of the first fundraising events, one of my Everest climbs back in uh, 2011 and uh, attempted Everest. I got very close, had to turn around 50 meters from the top. Frustrating. Um, I mean, I, that, that's got to be more than frustrating, right? Yeah. I mean, it's also, uh, I was you know, I was in a dire situation and I survived and, you know, there's that to be thankful for, but yeah, I was 50 meters is uh pretty, it sounds like nothing, but it, it was a world away from the summit. Uh, when you're at that altitude, it's any step, um, up is, is, is excruciating. And, um, yeah, so I, I didn't make it and I've, I've tried two more times since, um, and I'll, I'll, I'm not, I, I've come close in other ways, uh, had to turn around for other reasons. And it's just this thing that's eluded me for the past, uh, eight years. What do you think is holding you back? I mean, obviously anything with mother nature, it, it could just be luck at that time, but is there something you think you could improve on personally that could get you to the top? Um, you know, I, I think a lot of it is what you said is luck and, um, just mother nature and what she wants me to do. But, um, I've tried different things, you know, um, I'm going back actually next spring and, um, I have a different kind of mentality. I think my workouts, I need to tailor a little differently. Um, you know, ever since my first attempt, I've been all about getting stronger and, um, thing about getting stronger and bigger muscles is that that demands more oxygen. So, um, I think with my bigger frame, I'm a big guy, I'm like six foot six. And, um, uh, that's not the easiest thing to get up to the top of the world. So I'm working on being a little more lean this time around and not working too much on the being so bulky and, and, and muscular this time, just trying to work on the cardio. You mentioned the oxygen consumption. You do anything with breath work? No, and that, that's the other thing. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've read a lot about, um, when you asked about meditation, I don't know if that's for me. Um, but I have, um, I've read a lot about like Wim Hof. Are you familiar with him? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And just, just these kind of breath, uh, breathing exercises and how they can enhance your performance and stuff. So I've been interested in that. I haven't really do uh, dove any further into it, but I hope to maybe try and do a little bit of that before I head out again. Yeah, I should link you up with uh, Brian McKenzie. He works with uh, Laird Hamilton, the big wave surfer, and a ton of different pro athletes and yes. everything like that. And I've done some of his stuff, and it's unbelievable how quickly you recover, how, I mean, it's, it's just some of the things you do. So I'll definitely have to make that connection for you because I really think that could help you out. Oh, man, I, I would love that. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Do you know who Eric Weinmeyer is, the uh, the blind uh, climber yes. who climbs? Yeah, we had him on about a month ago. So hearing his oh, journey was wow. unbelievable. So when you mentioned Everest, it was he came uh, front of mine right there. Didn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's a legend. I, 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 I've never met him, but I, I know all about him. 
um, and his, his his blind climb of Everest. It's crazy. Didn't he do something recently? Did he re, did he climb it again, or did he climb something else? He did. I think it was the seven highest summits, and then he also um, kayaked the Grand Canyon. That's what it was. The, oh yeah, God, where he was crazy. using kind of like the echolocation and everything like that. It was it was fascinating hearing that journey. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my 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 attempts on these out adventurous things don't compare anything to that. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm going away is the things you're doing and then not only doing them, but doing them so well, becoming the U S memory champion and then, um, about to be summoning Everest. It's, it's pretty unbelievable. So I'm, I'm just so fascinated how you are so good across so many different things. I think a lot of the listeners are really appreciate what you're capable of. And then obviously you mentioned Alzheimer's and how it affected you so much. And it's something I deal with in my family. So I'm, completely behind your mission. You want to talk more about that? Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, I'm always looking for ways to, as you, as I said before, educate people about the disease, but you know, I just want to end the thing too. I mean, it's one of these diseases that there's no cure and it more and more people are getting it every year. Um, and so one of the projects I'm working on is, is, is a research project with a company called dart neuroscience. And, um, what I like about them is it's just, there's this billionaire behind it who is getting old and wants to get rid of these cognitive disabling diseases. It's as simple as that. And he's throwing all his money at it and um, trying to find a pill that would help memory loss um, and a, or a therapy that would help people um, suffering from you know, dementia, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, all these kinds of things that affect us mentally. So... Um, people can help out. It's we've developed this um, this memory test online um, that people can take. It's very quick and free and easy. Uh, well, maybe it's easier for some people, um, but um, they can go to extrememorychallenge.com to take this test. And in the process, you're helping us get closer and closer to that um, that therapy, that drug, that cure, hopefully. Yeah, things like this are great because we can aggregate the big data and then just the science that comes out of that data is fascinating. So hopefully we can get to a resolution for this and hopefully a cure at some point. So I want to hit on a few quick hit questions for you, just kind of figure out more things going on in your life. So what's one thing in your life right now, if you could, that you would change? Um, where I live, um, you know, I, I'm in Miami right now and I grew up here and um, I love it here. It's 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 home and but there's so many things that I hate and I love the mountains and I'm here I am by the beach. So, um, I would love to be uh, in a place, um, that makes me happy, but also satisfies those outdoor needs. Um, I don't know where that is yet, but, um, trying to figure that out. <laughs> oh, cool. What about who are you learning from today? Uh, I have a book by my bed that I've just started reading and, uh, he's in the CrossFit world. It's a guy named Ben Bergeron and, the book's called Chasing Excellence, and he works with a lot of the uh, top CrossFit athletes. Um, he's a runner, um, and he just gets the most out of the the people he trains um, are the ones who end up winning or getting podium at the CrossFit Games. I'm fascinated with human performance, so I'm definitely going to have to check Ben out. I haven't come across him before. Do you uh, are you familiar with Kelly Starrett? Oh yeah. Yeah, we had him yeah. on a while ago. So I know when you mentioned oh CrossFit, God. yeah, he's a guy who works directly with Brian McKenzie too on the breath work. So I think that might also help you for the CrossFit games. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if I'll ever make the CrossFit <laughs> games. But. I didn't know that was going to be one of your next challenges. So 
<laughs> you know, I've, I've gone through phases where I, I'm so obsessed with this that sport, um, but the competition, holy crap, is just um, that's one of those things where there's the elite. Um, I mean, there's there's fit people. I consider myself one of the fit people, like in my gym and stuff like that. But I am. I'm a, I'm a mortal, a mere mortal compared <laughs> to some of those guys. I don't have that. That's a genetic thing, I think, at some point. So Yeah, they are um, absolute mutants. Yeah. <laughs> so what's an idea you've had in the past year that's changed based on new research? Oh, man. Um, I don't know if I have an answer for that. Um, let me come back to that. Yeah, no, I mean, it could be it could be something simple, even just eating a new food because you've heard something was a positive benefit about it or something like that. So we can definitely come back to that. But what are you most passionate about in your life right now? Most passionate about? Um, I think it's the same thing. I've always, is, is teaching others um, and showing other people things or explaining things to other people that they didn't know before and then walking away with something new, right, in their minds. And you know, the most obvious thing is, is listening to me is obviously I teach them memory, but, um, I'm also part-time. I teach, um, computer science at the university down here. That's what I studied, um, after physics. And, um, I love that. I just love, you know, the look in someone's eye when they grasp this concept, um, when they learn something new and, you know, you can almost see the, the neural, neural connections being, uh, uh, strengthen uh as as they grasp it i I just love that do your students know you're a four-time u.s memory champion (laughs) uh it's funny because i never introduce myself that way i'm just (laughs) nelson the teacher or whatever mr dallas um but throughout the semester i'll slowly get you know a student here or there being like um so i was uh looking you up and i i I watched this video and i was like okay here it comes yeah and then i mean I've also gotten people being like, why don't you talk more about this? And I was like, well, you know, college students, they have a million things going on. The last thing they want to do is, is, is hear about it. But, you know, sometimes I'll actually throw it in when, when more people know about it. So, Oh, I would sign up for your class just, just to pick your brain on that. So (laughs) I I know I asked you about the new, uh, something you learned new and I know these listeners can learn something new. You're working on an app right now, aren't you? Yep. Yep. So Again, I'm trying to get memory techniques out there. And one of the ways we're doing that is through an app, um, uh, kind of software uh, suite that we're developing called Art of Memory. And uh, people can check it out and, and pre-order it and play around with some of the features that we already have up at artofmemory.com. And um, this really is an art. It's something that you know you can learn and, and progress at. And uh, it used to be something that people knew um, and, and used. It was, it was an art memorizing things. Um, so this website and tool will help people learn about the techniques. There's tutorials. Um, there's software to help you kind of build out these number systems that I mentioned or um, create your own memory palaces and, and virtually explore them and all these different things. There's a forum where you can share ideas and stuff like that and chat with other enthusiasts. Um, yeah. Cool. I, I'm stoked. I'm definitely going to check that one out, trying to improve my memory and then just keep my brain healthy. So that's going to be fun to play with. But Nelson, this has been a blast. You are a fascinating person, someone that I've enjoyed talking to and love following what you're doing. So thanks so much for joining us. We're definitely going to get all your stuff linked up in the show notes. That sounds awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, you have a great day. Thanks again. All right. See ya. 
As someone who's always looking for ways to improve my mental and physical performance, I started using Four Sigmatic about a year ago, and I love their products. At Four Sigmatic, they believe in the real magic of functional mushrooms like reishi, chaga, cordyceps, and lion's mane, as well as other superfoods and adaptogens to help us live healthier, more enhanced lives. Everyone's talking about Four Sigmatic, including Time Magazine, Vogue, Forbes, even the New York Times. My favorite product is their convenient new Brain Stick Pack. Perfect before a workout or a study session, their dual mushroom blend supports memory attention and brain health. I also have been using their cordyceps before workouts and love the results. I've experienced the benefits of these delicious packets, but now it's time for you too as well. To receive 15% off your order, use discount code WGYT at checkout at foursigmatic.com or by heading to foursigmatic.com forward slash WGYT. If you're looking for a way to stay energized throughout the entire day, grab a bottle of Suniva Super Coffee. Suniva is something I drink on a daily basis. It's an organic bottled coffee blend with lactose-free protein and MCTs from coconut oil, which provides me with clean, all-day energy. Head to your local Whole Foods or use discount code WGYT at drinksupercoffee.com for 20% off your order. Suniva was founded by three college athletes who are brothers and wanted a cleaner way to stay energized throughout the entire day. Let's face it, we all want to look good in the clothes we wear, but I got tired of sifting through the racks looking for a quality pair of jeans that cost less than $300. Then I found Distilled. D-S-T-L-D, pronounced Distilled, offers premium denim and essentials at an affordable price. Their products cost just one-third of what other premium brands charge because Distilled refuses to work with middlemen, bringing savings directly to you. Just go to dstld.com right now and use the promo code JOURNEY10 in all caps at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. What got you there with Shonda Laney? Uh, what got you there with Shonda Laney? What got you there with Shonda Laney? Uh, what got you there with got you, got you? Thanks for listening to another episode of What Got You There. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes and also share with your friends. Thanks so much. Looking forward to talking with you next time. If you want to stay up to date on all things I'm working on behind the scenes and everything we've got going on at What Got You There, head over to whatgotyouthere.com. You'll also be able to see more on podcast guests and what they're doing. Thanks to Justin Great for providing us the intro and outro song. If you like his music and want to find out more about what he's working on, head over to justingreat.com.